Welcome to the Peace and Purpose Podcast. This podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only. It should not be considered medical, nutritional, psychological, or any other form of advice. If you need specific advice, please consult a professional. Hey, Chance. What's up, brother? Hey, man. (laughs) So before we even get into this, Chance had his second round of the coronavirus vaccine today, so he's a a little bit tired. So I'm excited. I just don't sound excited. He's excited, yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, today, and I think moving forward, we're going to try it out today and see what we think of it. We're going to start our episodes with asking a question that I read about today. And the question is, what is something good that happened to you this week, Chance? And, and we ask this question because we want to give you guys more insight into our lives and just to keep you guys updated and to build that connection with you all. So Chance, what was the best thing that happened to you this week? What good happened? It was a lot. Um, If I had to pick one specific thing, it was mom's birthday. We got to see a lot of friends and family. And uh, my buddy Nick and I were just outside throwing football and it was very free. I felt like a little kid. It was just fun running around playing football, playing cornhole. Um, I actually played cornhole with your dad. Yeah, so, man. Wait, who well, won? <laughs> no, just oh, we did. We played a ton of games, man. It was hard to keep up with. I got you, dude. That's cool. Yeah, his his mom uh, had a birthday this weekend, and I sadly was out of town. I would have twenty fifth birthday. Yeah, twenty fifth birthday. Yes, she's a young sprite chicken. Had chance very young. Yeah. <laughs> Extremely like concerning young. What what would that be? It'd be Four. two years old, right? Two. I forget yeah, my she, age sometimes. She would have been two years old if she would have had. But she's twenty five. It's, it's it was one of those medical miracles. Uh, no, it's just a thing, man. If a <laughs> if a if a lady asks me how old she is, the answer is going to be twenty five. <laughs> I don't I don't answer those questions. Yeah, I think that's a good move. Um, so great. And for what me, about what about yeah? What about you? Turn yeah. the turn the tables there. Yeah, turn the tables on your man. This Come on, week, Corbin. You got to have it prepped, man. You got to be thinking about this stuff. No, I'm just man. Messing. For me, this week I've gotten a great sensation of freedom. This was one of the last week and, and this week were the first bit of time that I have not been a student. In pretty much my life, um, you know, I've had summers and stuff, but I'm, I've passed out of the zone of, you know, undergraduate and all the other studies I was doing. And now I have the freedom and mobility to sort of do what I want and create the value I want. And the good thing about this week is I've, I've just really basking in that sense of freedom and am realizing that I have a lot of good things to bring to the world and that. I've learned a lot and experienced a lot of things, and I'm just ready to bring that stuff together and provide value to people in the in the world. So I'm really that's been my good this week. Hey, there you go. Hey, the 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 big five letter word, adult. Yeah, sure. And I think a lot of people make that out to be like this horrible thing, but. I nah, think it's going to be a, a mindset child. thing. You know, yeah, well, people also make a hard divide as adult and child, and it's a 
the societal thing that makes you think that adults don't have fun, and then I think that leads to a lot of other things like burnout and just all these expectations of what you're supposed to be. Um, but anyway, what, that's not what this episode's about. But today, uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of lead into what our topic is now that we've given you some of our details about our week. So, my question for you guys today is: Do you ever feel? Do you ever feel like you're lonely? Uh, I've had this experience before. I've I've gone through lonely periods of my life. And regardless of whether you have friends that you regularly spend time with or maybe you don't have friends, you feel alone in either situation. It's that phenomenon of I'm in a room full of people, but I feel alone. And there's a lot of associations between this state of feeling alone, regardless of whether you filled your life with friendships or not, and increased levels of anxiety. So loneliness and anxiety. The feeling of personal isolation. And today, we are planning to present you with ways to create the anxiety-reducing deep friendships that may give, you relief, may give you relief from anxiety and a feeling of love and connectedness. And that's what we're trying to do for you today in this episode. So, yeah, Chance, you had something to say? Yeah, so... This is going to be a little off topic, but I have to say my my true opinion on this before jumping into the the meat and potatoes of the episode. So in Corbin's picture painted situation, I say you need Jesus, but as a primary alternative, not alternative, in addition to that, that's what we're talking about today. I just had to, that, that was on my mind, I had to share. Yeah, I mean, we've done an episode on that, too, you know, so... I know, I know, I just... Speaking my true heart out here. Well, I mean, if you read the Bible, what what does it say about other people, Chance? That's a great question. That's a... that's a. Um, I mean, you know, hey... This- you, well, no, I mean, a good example would be, you know, Jesus and his 12 disciples. Uh, at some point, our preacher was saying that at the end of it all, he... I think he was saying that Jesus had this big, huge sermon with thousands and thousands. And uh, at the end, near the end of his life, he had 20 very close followers. So it was that tight-knit, bond relationship that was the most valuable of those that stuck with him. Which correlates over to our our topic, so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, well, and just the relationships the personal relationships that are wanted and written in the Bible for things that we're supposed to do anyway if you're looking for a Christian lens for it too. You know? So. Yeah. Um, and what? Oh, what you got? I was, I was going to hand it over to you. I know you've got the, the expertise and the, uh, the insight on this topic. And I'll throw yeah, my mean, two cents in here and there. I guess, yeah. I mean, I'm just talking out of my experience, honestly. So, first off, we want to talk about, because we realize that some of you may not have friendships in which you can be completely vulnerable, in which you can talk about anything, in which you feel like this person can be your confidant and vice versa. And those are the relationships, in my experience, that are the anxiety, the anti-anxiety experiences. So, this is what... 
I am shifting my frame to do in my friendships moving forward. And I think I, I think Chance and I, we know we have this. We have a relationship that's built on unconditional love as opposed to love based off of merit. So based off of, oh, my, my friends, they need to make this much money and they need to have it all together and they need to be in these careers and they, you know, they need to have all of these different things that are based on merit systems of achievement, I think those friendships don't hold up, and I think those friendships aren't the ones that are going to be uh, anti-anxiety-based and aren't going to be there to relieve you whenever whenever you're having a hard time, and generally those sorts of friendships aren't going to be the ones to where something goes wrong, and regardless of where that other person is, they're ready to make a move to to come help you. So that's the first thing I want to instill on you. I want your condi- I want your friendships to be unconditional friendships, being able to be accepting and understanding of each other, regardless of where you stand in life or what your social status is. And in addition to merit, I would say materialistic things as well. Let's not not to say that that's it's not something to to look for in a friendship. Obviously, you know, if you build a friendship with trust and care and love, and then that's a portion of it. You know, that's not to say that that's, you know, not a great friendship, but primarily you want to look for those values that Corbin mentioned. Uh, Yeah. 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 And I think it's a good time to talk about, you know, there are certain things that block healthy communication, in my thought. Like, let's think about some of the bare the raw materials that we need to have in place in order for communication to happen in a way that's productive. I think on on that deep of a level that we're kind of referring to, one of them would be a certain extent of trust. Not trust for communication, but trust for deeper communication. Obviously, if I want to be vulnerable and open up, there's got to be some level of trust to be instilled so that when I'm talk to you about something that might be more personal that I would expect that to be a one-way street. Yeah. And what are we trusting that the other person will do or won't do? I think one is is not judge you. Um, Two is respect your thoughts. Um, You know, me and Corbin don't necessarily agree on everything, but it's a matter of respecting the other opinion and even sometimes respectfully agreeing to disagree when you don't sure. see eye to eye. Yeah. So trusting in the the judgment factor, I feel like, is, is a big deal because this is sort of the merit, worldly, worldly achievement thing because judgment is, you know, if you aren't, if you were this, you are worthy. If you aren't this, then you aren't worthy. So if they're, if they're judging that, and they're going to make a determination about their relationship with you based off of that, then you're much less likely to share things that are on that deep level because some things on that deep level are thing are emotions and problems that we feel like we can't express and have people look at us in a good way in any other circumstance. 
we feel like people are going to look at us and discard us because we say it or look at us like we are a bad person because we say it. But if you have that friendship that's based off of just being flexible as people and realizing that we're all people and we have these emotions, I think that's when that communication opens up. So, so yeah. I think I think something neat to think about too is Nick pointed me to this. I've probably been listening to recently, and it made me think. It's a it, it's not a podcast. It's on audio. It's by Matthew McConaughey, and it's pretty much just his life story. And oh, it's cool light. to think. Yep, yep. You know, you know, man. <laughs> um, yeah. So green light, I think, has opened my eyes to say that so many people in this world have been through so much that maybe you don't see on a surface level because it's either trying, it's either hidden behind a smile or they do their best to work through it. And I don't know. I think a lot of us try to hide those dark places in our life. Not to say that that should be something you share with everyone but being able to share it with you know a close one or two people that you have that close relationship with sometimes feels very freeing that it's not a burden that you have to carry on your back that you have the support there from others yeah sure and uh i think a good way to one getting back to how we build friendships that are anti-anxiety and just leave us with a feeling of connectedness is one, we want to base it off of unconditional love. So you're going to be friends with them and you're going to understand that they are human and they're going to have human emotions, bad and good. The second thing, in my opinion, is that we have to open up with vulnerability. Vulnerability begots vulnerability. And I think a lot of the reason that we aren't vulnerable with people in our lives is because we are we have that fear that they're going to take that and use it against us or that they're going to see us as less of a person because we we say something that is maybe taboo or disgraceful in our culture or based off of what we perceive as good and the reason i say open up with vulnerability is because whenever there's this reaction that happens when one person reveals something about themselves to another that is maybe a touchy subject or something that you wouldn't want a lot of people knowing. It sort of creates a chain reaction and the other person becomes vulnerable with you and you get deeper and deeper and deeper and I think that breeds the the truly worthwhile friendships that you know we carry through life and we look back on as things that we're really happy we did have because along with anxiety, does a lot of other things. But especially, it just sort of grounds us in life and allows us to enjoy life more because we have that deep connection. What do you What do you think? What is your reflection on that, Chance? Because I know, honestly, the premise of this podcast, as we've said a lot of times, was based off of our mutual vulnerability and just you coming over and us talking through things that we are sort of scared to talk to with people. Yeah, so... Kind of my reflection on it, and, you know, sometimes I don't directly answer questions. Hopefully it ties back well. Um, I don't know if viewers or those who know me would think differently, and they might, but as far as my self-reflection, looking at myself, I would consider myself a very vulnerable person, per, per se, compared to the average person. Um, I always like 
like I said, this is my perceived thoughts. I always like opening up to others because it typically provides the the reaction of the other person and opening up to you. And I've always liked building those close relationships with people to be able to truly get to know a person because, you know, as we've talked about time and time again, you can have a surface level conversation and they're very enjoyable at times. And I think that's part of relationship too, but I truly enjoy getting to know the struggles of people, the, those deep, I wouldn't say deep, dark secrets, but those things that a lot of people try to hide because they think it would bring out a negative outlook on them because that's the true person they are. And if you can love them for that person, I think it builds the relationship. And I've just found in my life that those relationships that I've had in the past or that I have now that include that past surface level have been tremendously joyful relationships that are just wonderful to have. Okay. So so chance what happens in the what happened in the room whenever you would come over to my house and you'd sit on my red couch in, in this recording room? What and the day that I pitched us doing this podcast, what was happening in the room? Like what was the feeling? Because that's us being vulnerable. Like we were just talking back and forth and being like, "Hey, this is our life," and like saying things that we don't want. We want the door shut about. What happens in the room when you do that with another person? What's the feeling? As far as okay, so just to make sure my I'm on the right track here in regards well, I mean, to because we we would always talk about whenever we leave a conversation when we're having those deep talks, we feel better every time we leave it. What what is that feeling? Um, the best way to describe it is just a weight off your chest. It's those things that you hold inside that it's almost like you want to tell someone. You just sometimes either don't know who to tell or can't trust those that you have close to you. Um, so it's just I mean it's like <laughs> one of our buddies ran up a mountain with a uh, a military vest on. So the best way I could describe it is imagine two to five miles later you get to the top of the mountain you get to take that vest off and how freeing it feels on your back and your legs to just walk without it i think it's it's a good analogy to describe that feeling once that conversation takes place i got you good how about how about you man what's your what's your reflection on on you know after those conversations take place what's the the feelings or the the uh how how you feel at that point my thought on it is when you have when you bottle your experience up inside of you it's not a good for me when i bottle my experience up inside of me it's not good and there is a the things don't churn as well as they could. But whenever I outwardly express myself in the world to another human being, it's just like the same expression of lightening the load. But at the same time, I don't know, it's just like it drives you forward, you know, in just this 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 abstract weird way that's even it's hard to put words to, but it's like there's it's like there's magic in the room almost. Like, it's just, like, extremely expiring. Whenever both people are engaged 
and they're not thinking about some other crap, and they're actually listening to the other person, and they're being vulnerable, and they're they're being themselves as opposed to tailoring themselves up to be this thing that is good in the world, and you're going to be famous and rich, you're going to be all these other things that don't make us happy, but when, when, the, when we are in the room with one another and we're being vulnerable, we can actually be human. Whereas other times, we are being, we are putting ourselves in a position that is not human because we're trying to be proper, and we're trying to be the way that people expect us to be. Or when the or room, the we way, can actually be a human being. Or the way culture, society wants us to be. Well, that, well that's people, though. Culture, yeah. society, you know. We're being, we need to just be human beings. I think we've forgotten what we are. I think a lot of it's like a, almost a, the way you describe it, it's like a chain-breaking moment. I think it's stepping out into the unknown. A lot of the times starting that initial conversation of opening up can be hard, but the freeing aspect on the other side of it is it's unreal and it's awesome to experience. It's just well, here's one that thing. First step. Well, here's one thing. Nobody wants to admit that they're scared out of their out of their britches. In the in the world, that's shameful to say I'm especially as a as a male. That's shameful to say I'm afraid. I'm scared. I like keeping my britches on. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. I walk around on my boxers everywhere. I he shouldn't does. have said that. I shouldn't have said that. Only at home, in pub, not in public. <laughs> okay. Anyway. I'm going to um, get scolded for that one. Anyways. Not for me, man. Not for me. Oh, wait. This is exactly what we're talking about. Being human beings. We forget that we forget what we are, don't we? We forget what we are so that we can be this thing that we see as proper. We forget to express ourselves. We forget to tell people how we really feel or the urges we have or the anything like that. We That's that's taboo and not allowed. It's sort of bottle that up, and I think we, we get anxious because we're not living in our true nature. But whenever we're with somebody else, we can actually express our true nature and actually express our thoughts and the things that, like I, like I said, are sort of taboo and that we're not supposed to feel. But you feel them, though. They are there, and there's okay. actually, there's actually, there is a, there is a anxiety theory created by a psychiatrist. It's called the hidden emotion model, and the hidden emotion model is based off of the idea that people, especially people who are overly nice, like myself, I am one of these people, and I'm, I'm sort of a, a recovering pacifist, is what you'd call a recovering person who just sort of gets run over, and. For people that do that, they tend to hold emotions, especially towards other people or towards their situation or their life course, they hold those emotions in, and they automatically put them under the rug of their subconscious mind. And the hidden emotion model is based off of identifying those emotions, bringing them to the surface, and expressing them. So for me, being vulnerable with people, and being especially with chance, I have that ability to identify what's really bothering me, you know, that shameful emotion or that shameful situation that's underlying under the surface, bring it out and express it, and that heals my anxiety. And in the book that uh, we mentioned, When Panic Attacks, that is actually a, uh, it's a chapter, or a whole section in that book, really, it's the shortest section, but, and it details the hidden emotion model, so if you are interested in that, you know, we, we keep that linked in the show notes, but... Anyway, I say that because these relationships are the perfect breeding ground to 
bring those shameful emotions out, the ones that we hang, keep under us, and express those. He, he provides examples in, examples in the book. One of them is... Oh, yeah. One of them is there's a woman, and this woman graduated college and got a job with a... I think it was a candy company, something of that magnitude. And she would always go to work and, you know, she would always have a panic attack when her boss walked by and talked to her or dropped a coffee off or did anything like that. She'd have a panic attack and she'd have to come home from work. So after months of her doing this, she and her husband decided that it would be good for her to seek out professional help. So they brought her to the psychiatrist that wrote this book. And he asked her, he said, Hey, is there anything in your life that bothers you or that is out of alignment or anything like that? And she's like, No, you know, I, I love my husband. Uh, my work's great. My kids are awesome. You know, it, I, I, I really like everything. I can't complain. And they traced it and got deeper into her and asked her about her aspirations and her dreams and all these different things. And it turned out that she really didn't want to work at that candy company. She never did. She just got out and took the whole, I'm going to get what job I can get mindset. And she was having panic attacks constantly at work, even though she loved, she said, she claimed that she loved her job. And it turned out as they worked through therapy that she felt that it was shameful to not appreciate the job she had and to not like the job she had because otherwise she would have to take a leap of faith and get out of that job and do something else. Because she had always, the thing that her aspiration was, she had always wanted to go and be a fashion designer and to start her own clothing line and her own clothing company. But she was afraid of doing that because she felt that it wasn't secure and that her husband and people in her life wouldn't look good. She, they wouldn't look at her and say, you're doing a good job and we're proud of you because she quit her job at the candy company, even though she didn't like it. And this is the hidden emotion model because the feeling that she had towards her job and the situation there with what she was doing in life versus what she wanted to be doing she felt like that was shameful to express. And the problem with with a problem is if you don't express it, it'll express itself in its own way. And it'll express itself, and many times it can be through extreme anger, it can be through anxiety, it can be through a lot of different channels. But it'll express itself, maybe through your body, through muscle tightness. But anyway, with her, once... She was able to express that to her psychiatrist and was able to go out into the world and make a change that reflected who she was as the human being, not as what she thought she was supposed to be. Her anxiety was cured. So that's an example of this. And this is important with your friendships because you can use that friendship as someone who you can, with, with no regard to shame or what you're supposed to be, express to them how you're, how you're feeling how you feel towards a certain person, how you feel towards them, how you feel about where you 
what you're doing in your life and what you'd actually like to be doing that is more truly you. Anything in those regards. So I just wanted to tie that in and give you guys that little bit of that food for thought because that is something that was founded by in that book by that uh, by that professional. So, Chance, do you have any thoughts on that? I do like examples, and that's really eye-opening to see that it was it was so ingrained in her deeply that at service level she didn't even realize it until you know that conversation with the therapist so yeah it's very very insightful i don't i was like i said it's one of those i was truly listening so i don't know if my if i have a ton of comments to make but great that was my my quick reflection cool cool so we have that so we have vulnerability which we talked about a lot let's talk about empathy in a little bit so, empathy is basically having an understanding for that other person that you're listening to. So, vulnerability is you're talking. Listening is, I mean, uh, sorry, empathy is listening. So, you, you you work that empathy muscle while you're listening. And this empathy is you're cultivating a way to understand where that person is coming from and how they're feeling on a human level. And this makes it a two-way connection because you have vulnerability as the speaker, but if the other person isn't empathizing with you and they're not trying to, the old adage, put themselves in your shoes and to feel your humanity through that because we're very alike. We could all very easily have that same feeling in a customized situation for ourselves. This enriches that friendship and also even from the listener, makes us feel like maybe we're not so alone in some of our own challenges and some of our own negative emotions that we have. Chance, have you had any experiences with empathy? Mm, yeah, I have. Um, well, let me not get confused with sympathy with empathy because empathy, I feel like, some more understanding. Yeah, the, the um, definition of of empathy is the capacity to understand or feel what another person is experiencing from within their frame of reference and the capacity to place oneself in another's position. So to think about their their situation, think about how that would feel for you and then provide support with that understanding. So as far as... As far as me relating with a lot of people and their struggles, um, I think on a personal level, um, I'm very thankful for the life I have, but my struggles are oftentimes a lot different than what I see others go through. Not to say there's not similarities, and not to say that I don't have the exact same struggles as others. Um, as far as putting myself in other shoes, I think that's something that I constantly work on. I think I've had time periods in life where I'm, I was really good at doing that. Um, I think it's a valuable skill to have to be able to take the time to reflect to truly see where people are at. I think it helps us not to judge, to kind of understand. Okay. And it, it, it's crazy because a lot of times even hearing what someone's going through, you don't even have the full story. I think just here in recent times, I've heard a lot of 
struggles that those that are close to me are going through and just take a moment to kind of reflect on that I think allows it's almost just a feeling that they have that they can see that you're trying to understand you're trying to feel for them and it's appreciative even if there's not a lot of words that come behind that or is it just a simple I'm sorry but you can see the understanding from the other party okay okay and can you give us any sort of any sort of more specific example of when this has happened, like like a fictitious thing or whatever, you know, not given names or anything. Is there is there anything that comes to mind where you've had an experience about this? Yeah, I don't want to give that example though. Um, for the sake of time, not off the top of my head, because the examples I have, I would say, are personal to the other party. Therefore, I don't want to bring it up. Um, I'll kind of, I'll turn on, do do you have any experiences with that? Well, I'll just say this. I'd say that you and I have had a lot of experiences like that together, like listening back and forth. I can definitely agree with that. And I guess it's hard to put that at liberty on the podcast, but I think it's safe to say that both of us have had emotions and things that aren't so socially 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 acceptable. I'd say, and it's the leaning process and saying, "Hey, man, that's okay. We're just people." That is really cool about about empathy. So, I think a good f- final thing for us to talk about a little bit is about being playful and about um, so how playfulness has a positive feedback loop, which basically means that more playfulness m- multiplies itself and creates more playfulness. And then there's also a positive feedback loop between anxiety in itself. So, one anxious thought multiplies into more anxious thoughts and so on and so forth. Anxious states multiply as well. So, for instance, and we want to in- emphasize the importance of just fun and adventure in our lives and as being another anti-anxiety tool. Fun adventure specifically in the context of relationships for this episode. Social support. So... So, in the case, I'm going to give you a little bit more of the equation behind it and then give you an example, I think, of maybe something me and Chance have done in the past. So, play is so cool, and it is such a great anti-anxiety tool. So, if your multiplier for play is higher than your multiplier for anxiety, slowly play will take over a big part of your life, and you'll always have that playfulness as a through line. And you're able to dampen your anxiety response. Whereas, in myself, I've noticed if I'm in an anxious mood, I interact with people in a completely different way. I am not playful. It sort of, it sort of blocks playfulness. So, it's re- in my mind, it's really a battle between building and having playful interactions with people and just being playful in general 
and anxiety because one inhibits the other. And I really feel this in my day-to-day life. If I'm having a day where I'm anxious, when I'm walking down the hallway, I don't have the tendency to talk to people that are walking next to me. I'm working at a nursing home part-time right now and, and working with a primary care physician. And I notice when I'm walking down the hall and I'm seeing, st- seeing staff in the nursing home, some mornings when I'm not anxious, oh my gosh, man, I'm there, I'm going, I'm saying, hey, girlfriend, I, you know, I'm calling everybody my girlfriend there. Uh, Lacey Bell, don't get, don't get upset there. They're just, just my friends, but I call them girlfriend. And, you know, all, all, the, all the residents and stuff. And I'm in there being a jokester and lightening everybody's mood. But, man, if something's bothering me or I'm worried about something, uh-uh. Nope, I'm just going in there. I've got my head in my notebook. Not, not lifting my head up and waving and saying, Hey, how are you doing this morning? I, that coffee looks good. You know, I, I'm not, not being playful and, and, and joking around. So I just want to emphasize the importance of that. And Chance, can you tell us the story of when you and I went into Walmart, I believe, to get you some T-shirts? Oh, man, any story that we go shopping is fun. We don't, um, what's the word? Con- condult. Uh, I, don't, I don't know the word. We don't promote this. <laughs> but me and Corbin, we go and shopping just in general. It's it's like hanging on the, hanging off the buggies, you know, not running through the store. And, but a little bit of shenaniganness, you know, tossing appropriate objects around and just, I don't know, we have a good time. But it's a, it's a freeing experience with, um, I don't know. It's probably inappropriate to say nowadays on the podcast. You know, you can't act up in a store, but me and Corbin do. It's fun. Well, oh well. Hey, hey. Listen here. Don't harm. Here, here's. I mean, I'll go ahead and give you the challenge here, and I'll tell you at the end too. Uh, well, one thing, guys. Don't dress it up. When when do we stop having fun? Like when when did if you're not hurting anybody in there, go in there and have some freaking fun, man. Don't like run into anybody or like break something or you know be responsible with it on some level but my god be like be playful a little bit come on people like enjoy yourself find yourself a friend go to your local walmart and have a good time and you know ride on the grocery cart a little bit come on what's the worst thing that's gonna happen what's the absolute worst just do something for yourself man it's important, and we can. We, I'm serious. I'm serious. Yeah, we are so. Ups- I you said us are going to happen. I was like, we, well, we you are could so, hit one aisle, and then the aisle could so be like a domino and in, hit all the other aisles. And we are so tied up in being in a in a straight jacket that it is so freeing to to just go out and do something like that. And we can both attest. We can both attest to this when you're in there. That is, that's like the best anti-anxiety pill you could ever take. Going in there, finding a good friend, and doing things that are not necessarily socially acceptable and are just fun as crap and funny. Like, that's awesome. There is there's something about our shopping experiences. Isn't there? There's something magical. Like, all, I, don't like, I, don't like sh- I don't like shopping if I'm not with you. I don't you. either. Like, I, I, I do not like shopping at all. But when we go in like there and we're just either. we're just having a good time and we're just you know I also like dancing in public now in places that that people wouldn't expect you to be dancing or like being a goober and like waving at people. The new thing that I'm doing is I will if somebody's you know like when you're sort of when somebody's sort of staring at you, 
I'll smile and I'll make I'll make a big wave. I will make a big wave, boy. And I I don't I don't know any of them, but I make it big. Okay? And I bet you if you want if you want some friends, anytime somebody stares at you, you put this big old smile on your face and wave because they're going to be like, "Okay, now who's that guy or who's that girl?" They they're going to they're going to ask a follow-up if they're not like driving away. So if and, you want to have an interaction, Corbin, be a little Corbin, ridiculous. Corbin has long arms, so I know it's a big wave. Oh my gosh, it's huge. I'm like try to give chance a better look here it's like hey it's like oh and i i'd give him a gooby smile i do not care boy it is so fun and it's freeing and you're getting that interaction and you're breaking that pattern of what people expect and people are drawn to that they're drawn to something unique and like and cool and experimental like that so that's also a cool thing so yeah man i love it i love it i wish i could see corbin's excitement on his face I know, I know. It is truly, like, I I get so psyched when I do that stuff. That stuff really gives me energy. And it, when I'm, ha- when I'm engaging with people and being playful like that, oh my gosh, anxiety, goodbye, see you later, see you later, well, we won't see you for a little while. Because I'm telling you, that's just, we're built to do that, but, but it's not the tendency these days. So what Corbin's saying is have fun in life. Yeah, we, we'll go out, go... Don't even have fun in the traditional sense. Go out and be weird. Be super weird and friendly. That's what I think. Hey, me and Ike Freeman back in the old days would wave to people in cars while you're running and see how many people would wave in a row. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll, I mean, we'll do it. You, you need to go and, and freaking go out in the world and do it. And and the things that you're like, You oh, heard the man. The, the things that... The things that you're like, oh, I'm not going to do that. That's like, well, that's weird. If it's weird, do it quickly. Like, like, hurry up and do like do that quickly. Like, if, if you see it as, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that, do it immediately. Like, build that in as a response for, oh, that's going to be awkward. If you think if you think the word awkward, immediately do the thing you're, that you think is going to be awkward. Because there's a beauty on the other side of that. Especially when it comes to interacting with other people. There, there's a there's a payoff. Get on the roller coaster. Get on the roller coaster. Don't don't turn around and walk back to the front of the line. Get on the roller coaster. If you want to make friends, go out there, wave your freaking hand, go, hey, how you doing? How you doing? Maybe you get bullied for that when you're younger, you know. But but whenever you grow, whenever you grow up, this is people want people that are friendly and have energy, because everybody's so tired and burnt out and they don't have energy when you walk into a room and there's a guy in there that's so pumped up people are just attracted to you you're a freaking magnet i i went to catawba college recently and i was only there for one semester but everyone i sat in this little space uh called the called the willie center and there's a there's a coffee shop for this little uh, this little group down there and anyway i would always sit in there doing my homework and everybody knew i was there Everybody knew I was there all the time. It's, it was hard to miss me. Um, and the other thing that everybody knew about me was that when they walked in the room, I was going to greet them, and I was going to greet the crap out of them. And I don't care what I was doing. And towards the end of the semester, 
there were some people who I was sitting with and talking with in a circle, and they were like, they didn't know like how long I'd been there or whatever. And they asked me if I was a senior. I said, yeah, yeah, well, sort of. You know, this is my one. I'm a one and done. You know, I'm a one-hit wonder here at Catawba. And they're like, really? That is so weird because you are extremely friendly and you were just like a magnet. Like, you, you're just a people magnet. And I'm, I'm just like, what? And that actually helped me to realize something about myself. Is that this energy and something about just people in general, this energy, people just are attracted to it. Like, it's just like a magnet. A magnet. And then you pull these people in. You set those friendships up on love, not merit. And you open up with vulnerability. And you engage in empathy. Man, you've got good friendships. Man, you've got good friendships. If you do that and you know what you're looking for. That's awesome. And so relieving of anxiety. Like all the things we talked about before. Hey, y'all heard it firsthand here from Corbin. That's the recipe right there. The recipe, a little mix, a little mix, flour and and pineapple and all that good stuff. So, yeah, man. So, Chance, is there anything you want the listeners to know before we sign off? Is there anything that whenever we hit the stop button on this recording that you would regret not saying? Love Jesus, love people. Great. Great, man. Great. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. Awesome, man. So so that's Chance's send-off. I want to prevent, present you guys with a challenge. And this is just the beginning fuel for you building, getting more fun connectedness and relationships with other people. And I want you guys, this is going to be scary. For a lot of people. I want you guys to do just what I indicated. Because you're going to have a lot of these situations. If somebody's walking... This is a common experience. Walking down maybe an aisle in a grocery store. Or walking down a hallway in a building. Or anything like that. Or maybe they're just staring you down from the other... They're just sitting sitting at a table on the other side of a room or something. Whatever. I want you to look at them. Turn to them. Turn your body towards them. Put the biggest smile you can physically muster on your face and give a big wave and say hello. Do that and watch what happens and observe. We'd love to hear back about what results you do get. That's for you two, Chance. And yeah, that's going to be a wrap for me. Chance, is that a wrap for you? That's a wrap. A lovely wrap. Guys, we hope you guys have an incredible week. We cannot wait to talk at you again next week. And, yeah, that's all we got for you. Goodbye. If you are enjoying or benefiting from our show and you'd like to spread the love, you can do so by subscribing, downloading, and telling your friends and family about us, especially if you feel that they could benefit as well. Also, if you'd like to access our show notes, which includes any resources that we may speak about during the show, you can do so by clicking the down arrow, the details button, or the abridged paragraph, depending on the platform from which you are listening. We want to thank you for your continued support. We really appreciate it. The Peace and Purpose Podcast is a participant in the Amazon Services LLC Associates Program, an affiliate advertising program designed to provide means for creators to earn advertising commissions by advertising and linking to Amazon.com and its affiliated sites. 
Thank you for joining us on the Peace and Purpose Podcast. See you next week.